0: Hello and welcome to the Betches Sub Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betches Sub Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happened in the news, explained by your two funniest friends, which is us. Today we're talking about Iran, the conditions at the border, and the debates, and a bunch of other stuff. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents.
1: I like beer. I don't know if you do, okay. do you like beer, Senator, or not. Um, My party is going bat- <laughs> crazy. Ah! Player. You're the pop. It- Alternative facts Oh goodness. The Betches Sup podcast. America!
0: Hi Brian. Hi Elise. It's been a long time since we've done the pod together. I know.
2: It's it, we, been a minute. It has been a real minute. Yeah. A real long old minute. How was your trip?
0: It was great. It was so great.
2: You were you, you so were, much
0: fun. I was in New Orleans. We talked about it last pod. Um, oh, to anyone sorry. who DM'd me to see my photo of a ghost. <laughs> It is now in my highlights, on mm. yeah, my New Orleans story highlights. You can see the picture of the ghost. It's there permanently. It will be there forever.
2: My question is: Was it raining? No, so it that wasn't raining. I at was that like, time. "Oh, that just looks like a flash of rain coming no, through." No,
0: it wasn't raining. Oh, wow. it was dry. It's a real ghost. Dry. It's a real ghost. Mm. Okay, <laughs> but enough about my ghost. <laughs> Brian, mm-hmm. what has been getting you through this week in Trump's America?
2: Well, we are not at war with Iran.
0: We are not. And that is good. And
2: that is good. That is getting me through. (laughs) So last week, the White House claimed that the Iranians caused explosions of two ships in a crucial oil transport area. Mm -hmm. Um, What also has happened is we know for you guys talked a a little bit about this last episode. Yes. Um, We also know that Iran shot down an unmanned drone. Yes. um, That they claim was flying over Iranian airspace. We claim it was over international waters. The fun thing about this is that Trump was like, you know. Thank God that there was no one in that unmanned drone because this would be a completely different story. It's like, there are never people you know, in, an unmanned in unmanned trip. drones, you fucking idiot. Um, anyways, so Iran has also announced that it was days away from exceeding its uranium stockpile limits, um, which was determined by the Iran nuclear deal, which we have since left. Yes. And so in response to all this aggression, the administration planned retaliatory retaliatory strikes um, ships were reportedly ready to go Planes were in the air Preparing to strike Iranian military sites But then Trump called it off So mm-hmm. The president He said that he called out the strikes Because Like I think he said it was like 10 minutes before they were set to If He was yes. set to give the order Because he asked how many people would be killed And they said about 150 people would be killed mm-hmm. I feel like this is something That you probably should have asked Before you put all your Ducks in a row Yeah
0: I do love the idea That's like wait hold on <laughs> One last thing. <laughs>
2: We're about to bomb them. How
0: many people would die? Like that. That's like the final question. Yeah. He's like, Oh, you know,
2: just an afterthought,
0: how many people are going to die? Yeah. He. Just, oh oh shit. shit. You know what? Let's put a pause. I am glad that this didn't happen. Yeah. Like I agree that that mm-hmm. is good.
2: Mm-hmm. Trump said that he didn't feel that this was a proportionate response since none of Iran's recent actions have resulted and any deaths.
0: This, honestly, it's interesting because in the last podcast, Sammy and I were kind of talking about, you know, some of the stuff that you outlined at the Mm -hmm. beginning. And Sammy was saying like, she was like, I don't think that he actually wants to go to war. Like, I think he's too scared to do it. And Mm -hmm. this did kind of, it kind of underscored that point a little bit that like he, I do feel like, and this is, again, something we were talking about a little bit last time, but like, I do feel like he does even in his adult state mm-hmm. understand that like going to war with fucking Iran mm-hmm. is a big deal Yeah, that I think he, I think he can conceptualize the end of the world. Yeah. And I think more than that in his own selfishness, I think in his lifetime, he has seen the Vietnam war turn on the president who was considered responsible for it. Johnson. He saw like the Iraq war tor- turn on George W. Bush. Like I think he also, in his adult bizarre mind conceptualizes that like oh if this if this turns like bad against me i will like i will be voted out of office and mm-hmm. we will lose badly and like if i do this before the fucking election and people don't want us to go to war with iran which i don't think there's any appetite among yeah. the american people for a war no. with iran mm. in any way shape or form how
2: is that going to help our health care how is it going to no. lower our taxes you no
0: because that was another thing we were talking about last time is like with the war in iraq there was this like they had this like thing of 9-11 that they could like put out there and there was mm-hmm. all this national pain that had nowhere to go and mm-hmm. like they were able to actually drum up support from the American people for a war in Iraq. We didn't actually they told us lies, but like yeah. <laughs> but Well it's
2: like a few months ago it was Venezuela. Yes. We were like, Oh, we're about to go to war with Venezuela. We're about to have a war. There's about we're about to be in Venezuela. Um and it just seems like they're just like John Bolton, thank God, is not being has not proven himself capable of doing the stuff that he's been wanting yes. to do. Um, John
0: Bolton wants to go to war so fucking he bad. Is,
2: like, has such a boner for war right now. It's
0: crazy because, yeah, you're. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, it's like a month ago. Mm-hmm. This guy's like trying to send troops to Venezuela, yeah. Which no one, there's no appetite in the American people for that either. No, because you
2: know, these people they hire contractors who to for their friends to make millions off yeah. the U.S. government, which I'm sure that they will eventually reap the benefits of. Yes. Um. We're kind of even seeing that we'll get to it, but on the border, it's like, you know, you appoint someone to like you, you, ha- you, someone donates to your campaign. You tell them that they're in charge of building the cages that the children are going to live in. They make mm-hmm. this much money and then they don't, th- they donate this much to your campaign. Yeah. And that's kind you of can, what's happening there. I
0: mean, remember like back in the day, again, back to Iraq war stuff, Dick Cheney was like fucking on the border, in charge, it. he had some major position in Halliburton, mm-hmm. and then Halliburton is like building all the fucking prisons or whatever in Iraq. Like the, these things, we've seen them yeah. happen before. But it did. I, I'm glad that Trump called this. I'm glad yeah. he did. Well, didn't do I'm it. just.
2: I'm. I'm also just so think. Like in 2003, we did not have like social media the way we do now. Yeah. We didn't have the internet, the, like the same access to the internet. And I think a big part of us not going to war with Iran. Is that we can see our other elected officials and, you know, the leaders in Britain being like, What the fuck is this? Yeah. We you guys are need to de-escalate the situation. You are overreacting. Calm the fuck down.
0: It is it is one of those things where, yeah, the government is less able to control the narrative and mm-hmm. just like feed like the people are getting their information from so many places that are not even in the United States that are out. Obviously that's caused a lot of problems. But I wonder if you know, social media had existed in 2003, would there have been more people like retweeting links that are like, actually they don't have ma- weapons of mass yeah. destruction and people really, you know what or I be mean? Like,
2: and be like, weren't most of the hijackers from Saudi Arabia yeah, like, and like, like it yeah. would have
0: facilitated different discussions maybe. Yeah.
2: So Trump announced today that he is imposing new sanctions on Iran in retaliations for its recent aggression. Um, it's a lot of it is, is targeting their financial instruments and they actually even singled out the Supreme leader. Um, I'm not going to attempt to say his name because I haven't practiced it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also blocks them from using United States financial systems or having access to any assets in the United States. We also carried out cyber attacks, though Iran says they did not work. Yeah.
0: Um. But I, yeah. Think, I think it's Ayatollah Khamenei. Oh, great. Just so you know. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just so I, that we can I all. I used to
2: know how to say Mahmoud Majin.
0: Abdul
2: uh, See, I used to know how to say it.
0: Ahmadinejad Khamenei is like the supreme leader, and then I don't want to speak out of turn. I believe they have like a president that's below the supreme leader or a president or prime minister type figure, but the supreme leader is like a religious and Mm -hmm. like the supreme leader, Mm -hmm. and then the other person is like an elected person.
2: Similar to how we have Beyonce. Yes,
0: and then there's the president. And then there's the president. Exactly.
2: Um, The administration (laughs) also moved to cut off all revenues from Iranian oil experts, uh, which is basically the lifeblood of the nation's economy. Yep. Well, um, but yeah, we're not, we're war. not at war. And yeah. that,
0: and that is a bright spot to all of this. And I really hope that we don't go. I don't, I actually don't think that he wants to. Yeah. I fear that he is an impressionable person. I mm-hmm. fear he's a rash person, an angry person. I think he can, can be convinced of a lot of things, but I actually do genuinely feel that he doesn't want to get into that.
2: I wonder if he's like, oh man, I won't be able to launch my network if we go to after the presidency. If I do think it's probably
0: primarily off. selfish. He's like, I don't feel like I can actually control that because he mm-hmm. wants to do things that he can control the narrative of that he mm-hmm. can like take back and like he loves to he loves to have a negotiation where he walks away from the table if you fucking bomb iran you can't walk away from the table like that's not gonna happen Mm -hmm. he likes to threaten things and not do them we've seen it i mean we're about to talk about another instance of it at the border but like that's his whole thing is to be like i'm gonna do sanctions actually i'm not i'm gonna do this actually i'm not once you actually take the step to like send troops to iran that's done Yeah, that is done now. Mm -hmm. And whatever happens after, like, it's not undoable. Yeah. And so that's my take.
2: Um, Elise. (laughs) Yes. What is getting you through this week in Trump's America?
0: Okay, this is actually a genuinely happy thing. Like, it doesn't have a dark, horrible, scary (sighs) side to it. Mm -hmm. Um, A Democrat... Uh, ha- her name, she's the Maine House Speaker. Sarah Gideon announced that she is running a challenge to Susan Collins in Maine. Boo, 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 um, Gideon has joined two other Democrats in their quest to unseat Collins, but it seems like Gideon is the one who's like shaken up a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, ideas. And just as a reminder, Susan Collins has long touted herself as sort of this like moderate Republican. She always said that she was like a pro-life Republican or that she protected a woman's right to choose, et cetera, et cetera. But then she voted to confirm Brett Kavanaugh. And not only did she vote to confirm Brett Kavanaugh, but do you remember she did that Insane press conference Where Mm -hmm. like She made everybody wait Till the last second It was all about her Then Uh she's like I'm gonna do a press conference On the house floor Like literally where they do Like the fucking State of the union Yeah She comes out She Like she's she won't tell anybody How she's voting And then she comes out And gives a 45 minute long speech And in the first five minutes You can tell that she's voting To confirm Kavanaugh But she just She goes off for 45 minutes About process And civility And all this shit And I just remember being like you
2: motherfucker i know so we thought that she would be the one to save us because you know she didn't want to strip health care from people yeah she was um, part of yeah it was her and McCain. and
0: mccain who voted against stripping healthcare. care so
2: everyone was like yay and now it's like Fuck. you
0: think you, we thought we thought she might be cool but she turned out not to be cool and now we have brett kavanaugh on the court mm-hmm. so great Um, but yeah, I mean, I remember as soon as that happened, my immediate thought as soon as her crazy press conference was done was I was like, someone has to run against her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I think Maine did flip blue in the last election. I think a lot of I think what got her elected was this idea that she's a moderate Republican. She's shown many times that. You know, she actually doesn't protect a lot of the ideals that she was elected to protect. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of anti-Trump sentiment just in general. So I feel like she's super duper vulnerable. Yeah. And
2: I may be wrong, but I do believe that Maine just elected a Democratic governor. I think so. Yeah. Yes. Um, we'll fact check that and take it out if it's wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you heard it, we fact checked it and it was right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So, honestly, that just makes me really excited. I feel like I keep forgetting that 2020 isn't just about the presidential election. Mm -hmm. It's also about other House races. It's also about vulnerable fucking senators. Because last time, the Senate elections were so stacked against us. It was all, all the people who were vulnerable, but Democrats. But now... I mean, taking the Senate would be really hard, but now there are some vulnerable it's, Republicans it's, that we can pick
2: off. It's more plausible. And um, we've got
0: fucking Roy Moore running again know, in Alabama. Amazing. I hope he
2: gets the nomination. I know. Um, I know.
0: I mean, the GOP is going to do everything that they can to make sure he doesn't become the Republican yeah. nominee, but I feel like they did last time too.
2: Yeah. Well, I feel like I heard them like being like, Jeff Sessions, go.
0: That is, That is what I've heard, is that they want Jeff Sessions to um, come back and run again. But you
2: know, we have Lindsey Graham. In South Carolina, mm-hmm. he has a really good challenger. Yes. Um, Mitch McConnell. Colorado, yeah. 2020 is yeah. a real Senate seat we're really looking to pick yes, up. Yes.
0: That's one that, like, actually, Democrats really could pick up. Mm-hmm. So if you're a listener in Colorado. Yeah. Yeah.
2: My thing is, I feel like everyone should pick a race from the House, the Senate, and the President to donate to and root for. Yes. Even if you're not in that state. So I'm doing, the, I'm doing, I'm supporting South Carolina's Democratic nominee
0: yeah because fuck lindsey graham fuck lindsey graham that's interesting i think that's a really fun idea mm-hmm. i'm gonna do the same thing yeah i'll have to decide but i mean susan collins in maine might be a big one for me
2: that's mm-hmm. uh, another one we could flip
0: yeah um, okay should we get into the main news yeesh okay it's guys <laughs> it's it's depressing and um i think there are just a lot of depressing topics in today's podcast but you know we got to report the news as it mm-hmm. is uh okay so there's Uh, we've had a lot of news off the border this week, so I'm just going to run through a lot of it. Um, last week, President Trump tweeted that they were going to start doing massive raids, that ICE was going to start doing massive raids across 10 cities in the U.S. Uh, these raids were specifically set up to target, like, well, they were specifically set up to target 2,000 families who have court-ordered deportations. Uh, his new head of Homeland Security, Kevin and actually only wanted it to be a hundred and fifty families oh. um, who had been provided with attorneys to work on their status, but hadn't shown up for de- deportation hearings. But Trump was like, no, let's do two thousand. So anyway, he announced this. I. Uh, I know, I personally, when I saw this, I was like, this is about to get really ugly. Like, yeah. this, is, this is really scary, and I actually don't know what to do about it. I saw a lot of people sharing, like, what to do if ICE comes to your workplace and, mm-hmm. like, how to deal with ICE, like, just informational stuff, and it really freaked me out. But then, uh, President Trump announced Saturday that he was going to delay his plans for the deportation raids, uh, and these, again, were going to happen in, like, 10 major cities, basically the ones that have, like, higher... Mm-hmm. undocumented population yeah. so like you know los angeles miami new york here mm-hmm. probably which and, is like terrifying
2: and he wanted to delay them he's delaying them until july 4th because yes. he thinks it's going to be patriotic yes I guess.
0: Um, he's like, oh, that's a date I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's delaying them until July 4th to try to give Congress a chance to come up with an immigration deal. I mean, but as we know, when he says give them a chance to come up with an immigration deal, he means for Democrats to approve my horrific policies or else I won't sign anything. Uh-huh. So it's like we've been down this fucking road before. Democrats and Republicans are working on an immigration deal. Uh, Trump wants to pass $4.5 in emergency aid to address the crisis at the border, which at this point, there is a crisis at the border. Mm-hmm. We created it, yeah. but it is happening. Um, but Democrats have concerns about certain parts of the deal and they worry that passing it will help Trump enact some of his like worst policies. Like they want to make sure that none of the money is going to go towards these raids and they want to make sure that asylum policies remain fair because they're trying to also really cut back on asylum, mm-hmm. which is illegal thing Mm -hmm. like that's the other thing is like these people aren't even in many cases coming illegally they are actually coming legally and claiming asylum which is a legal process well
2: a lot of the issue is you know they come through they want to come through these ports of entry where you are legally allowed to to come and claim asylum however once the trump administration policy of family separation begun people are like oh fuck I don't want to do it the legal way. I'm gonna run across the border in a more unsafe place where, you know, there's coyotes, it's desert, you can starve, you can die. Yeah, they find dead people, dead bodies, Um, families
0: on the border all the time.
2: And so that people are doing that as opposed to the safe route. And it's just not
0: also we're making it like we've closed a lot of legal ports of entry or they're at capacity and people can't get through. I mean, people will literally wait. For weeks to try to go through the legal ports of entry because the whole situation at the border is so uh, it's it's so over like mm-hmm. saturated right now and there's just so much. So we're not doing the raids, but this comes after a week where we have gotten a lot of information about the conditions on the border, and uh, surprise, surprise, it's all um, extremely disturbing. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, the Associated Press released a report from these lawyers who were allowed to visit the camps and the lawyers weren't supposed to talk to the media about what they were seeing, but they were so disturbed by what they had encountered that they did speak to the press. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that they talked about are um, children wearing clothes caked with filth, toddlers relieving themselves in their pants for lack of diapers, teenage mothers wearing clothes stained with breast milk, a lack of toothbrushes, blankets, food. Four severely ill migrant children were hospitalized after the visit because of the lawyers urging. And these lawyers said that they, they personally have said that they felt that had they not stepped in, these sick children would have not received any medical care. Mm -hmm. Um, The four children that we're talking about were all under the age of three with either teenage mothers or guardians. They were feverish. They were coughing. They were vomiting. They had diarrhea. Uh, Some children were toddlers were refusing to eat and drink. And they said one, two year old's eyes were rolled back in her head and was completely unresponsive. (sighs) Um, um, I mean, there's more horrible stuff in here. One person talked about a scene that they saw where a border agent gave two children combs so that they could remove lice from their own head. And when they lost one of the combs, the border agent took away their blanket
2: and the one other comb. So they had to sleep in the concrete with lice, with lice.
0: Yeah. I mean, if that's not a concentration camp, I don't know what is, I, to be honest. Yeah. What is it then? like if someone who's telling me those aren't concentration camps have to tell me what they are yep. then.
2: They're also, they're also talking about how, you know, these 10-year-old girls were take, taking turns, ca- taking care of, like, two-year-olds. Yeah. And they were yeah. just... they the, Another disturbing... Children watching children yes. in a situation where they shouldn't even be in. And the issue yes. is, they're also only supposed to be held for 72 hours, 72 hours. And these children have been there for periods much longer than 72 hours.
0: Yes. It's... I mean, it's really disturbing. Also, a lot of these unaccompanied children actually do have families in the U.S. that they can be released to. But... The Trump administration, I mean, they don't keep good records on these kids. They are reclassifying kids as unaccompanied so that they don't have to bother with these reunifications. Also, a lot of these family members that they could be released to are undocumented. Mm-hmm. And the Trump administration put in a policy where they, like, y- that you have to, like, go through some sort of, like, legal process that's different to, like, pick up an unaccompanied kid. And so now these undocumented people are fucking afraid to submit their names to ICE because. Yeah. Of course, I mean, seeing how this administration has treated people, of course they would use those kind of records to target families. Of fucking course they would.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I would not trust giving, if I was an undocumented person in this country, I would not trust giving the Trump administration my name for fucking anything. No.
2: No. Did you see that um, like Twitter video that went viral about how there was the Trump administration lawyer arguing how yes. sleep, Soap and toothbrushes weren't necessary To provide a safe and healthy environment Yes And, and this
0: is the same woman Who uh, had asked to delay reunifications When a judge was like We need to like get these reunifications done faster She asked to delay them Because she had to dog sit I'm <laughs> looking up her name right now
2: um, And also I saw that One of the judges That she was explaining this to mm-hmm. Was a Japanese man Who had been in an internment camp When really? he was younger mm-hmm. Oh And how do you justify soap, sleep, and toothbrushes as not being a necessity to a safe living and safe and healthy living environment? Um, Because you're a monster. You're a a monster. There's literally, I want to see, like you always try and put yourself in other people's shoes. Yes. And I'm sure they're tacky and ugly and I wouldn't want to be in them anyways, but I just truly cannot understand... Being a person who would sit, stand up,
0: and say that, and I have found her name so that we know who this person is. Her name is Sarah Fabian, and she is a lawyer for the U.S. Department of Justice. Yeah, and she cares more about a dog than human babies.
2: It's not even her own dog.
0: Not even her own dog; just her friend's dog. (laughs) And hey, I care about my friend's dog. Like, I don't want anything bad to happen to my friend's dog. That's true. Mm -hmm. But I, I will say that I care more about human babies
2: this is a hundred percent going to be one of those things that we look back at and be like what the fuck was wrong with this country
0: i i keep thinking about it that i'm like i mean these are the reports that we're getting now yeah when it's really hard to find information no one's allowed to talk da, da, da. let's think 50 years down the line when people are actually going to be speaking in detail about what actually fucking went on here
2: the fucking Aren't,
0: we're gonna have to answer for it
2: the facility where the lawyers went to visit had prior knowledge of their visit for three weeks they had three weeks to get that to place clean and, it to clean up. up and get into shape. And that is what they presented. It is insane. Imagine, insane. imagine what it looked like three weeks before that, you know,
0: right? Like this is the version where they were like, okay, well, we know lawyers are coming. So this is what we need to do. So obviously all of this is really horrifying. It's heartbreaking. It's terrifying. It feels like one of those problems where it's like, what do What do you do? Um, One organization that is doing a lot of really, really good work on the border is Raices. That's R-A-I-C-E-S. They're the Refugee and Immigration Center for Education and Legal Services in Texas. And they provide legal help to immigrant families and children. So they basically help legally get people out of these fucking facilities, which is kind of the best we can do other than voting for people who are going to stop this yeah, and making sure that we talk about it and that we're educated about it and that we spread as much information as possible. So, um, yeah, terrible.
2: I, this is like a, just a tangent I've gone on I, in my own head. I wonder, you know how they're now saying that Texas is turning into a purple state. In, yes. In a, it's a swing state. Mm hmm. Do you think that there perhaps is some thought process to we don't want this to get the demographics of Texas to change even more drastically to Latino and make it even more hard for or harder for Republicans to win Texas?
0: I absolutely think that. I absolutely think that. And I think that that's a major one of those unspoken concerns. I mean, I'm sure Trump will say it yeah. like, on mic in two days, but like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I think one of the unspoken concerns is, Oh, if we give all of these undocumented people a path to citizenship, who are they going to vote for?
2: Yeah. Not probably us. The, probably people that didn't put them in cages.
0: Yeah. So and se- I mean, and
2: spoke up and said, where are the fucking Republican senators looking at this report who are tend to say they believe in God and all that fucking shit and can Justify that with their religion or just being a human being. It's yeah insane. No one is saying anything.
0: I like maybe 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 this makes me a bleeding heart liberal, but I think that I want my country to be one that treats even its prisoners who have actually committed heinous crimes Mm -hmm. with a level of dignity and respect. And these are people, these are first of all, innocent children. Mm -hmm. Second of all, people who at best committed misdemeanor, illegal entry Mm -hmm. at best, but most of them sought asylum. So they actually didn't commit a crime. And like they are being held in conditions that I don't think are suitable for someone who is the worst criminal that we have in our society. Because I want my country to be better than that. We
2: wouldn't, we wouldn't put our pets in these conditions. Exactly. You, You wouldn't, you would give your fucking dog a blanket Yes. Would you make your dog sleep with uh, f- 50 other dogs yes. on a concrete floor without anything? No. Yes.
0: Would you make a dog? G- would you give the dog a comb and make it get the <laughs> other dog's lice? Like, no.
2: Yeah, <laughs> these are little
0: kids. They can't fucking do this stuff. They're babies.
2: Literal babies.
0: I don't know how to get lice out of someone's fucking head.
2: No. <laughs> like, I, you know, I, I would, would Google it I would if I had to. It.
0: Exactly. I would, like, I would figure it out if I had to. But these are babies. Babies. Truly, it's horrible.
2: Truly horrifying. It's
0: horrible stuff. Um, So let's talk a little bit about one of the ways we can get out of this mess, which is the 2020 election.
2: <sighs> yeah. Okay. So this is the week of the first Democratic debates. Yes. Wow.
0: By the next time you hear us, w- one of them will have happened. Yeah. And the other one will be happening that night. Yes. Yes.
2: So the one that's happening Wednesday night, night one, is will take place. Um, I think everything is it's in Miami. I think they're both in Miami. Yeah. Actually. Um, night one is Elizabeth Warren, Beto O'Rourke, Cory Booker, Amy Klobuchar, J, uh, Washington Governor Jay Inslee, Julian Castro, Tulsi Gabbard, Bill de Blasio, lol, um, <laughs> Tim Ryan, and John Delaney. Um, what's interesting is that of the five frontrunners, Warren is the only one in night one.
0: Yeah, that's interesting.
2: Um, and then night two, you see you have Joe Biden, Bernie Sanders, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg. Kirsten Gillibrand, Michael Bennett from Colorado, who I actually do enjoy. Um, Governor John Hickenlooper, California rep Eric Swalwell, Andrew Yang, and Marianne Williamson, a.k.a. Oprah's spiritual advisor. advisor.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that is interesting that they separated Liz from everybody else i mean i do i do i i think that yeah they did try to choose them at random i also do feel like they're gonna wait to put bernie and elizabeth on that the yeah la- because these are ratings things too so they're like yeah they're gonna separate um, bernie and liz i feel until the end when it'll be a real uh, smash there's down. just gonna
2: be so many people on stage i don't know how much like debating will take place but i think that it will be a big like people will really introduce themselves and you can yes. really start sizing them up, like up against each other. Yeah. Um,
0: That's what I think too. I think that this honestly, as far, I think this is going to be less of a debate and more of a, like the moderator is like topic. And then everyone says their thing about the topic, unless they have specific questions for a specific person. My
2: concern is that the moderators are going to be bringing up Trump too much. I really hope they only ask them about policy. That would, I really yeah. don't want them to ask about the current administration. And only, if they are, I want them to be able to phrase it in a way where they use it as context yes. and then ask the question. <laughs> Otherwise, because Trump, I don't want it to be, I just don't want it to be the Trump show.
0: Yes, and it's also, it, that gives him a lot of fodder to like respond on Twitter and start mm-hmm. big Twitter wars and whatever. But it's also going to be, Up to the candidates to being really, really disciplined on their message. Mm -hmm. And like, even if they're asked kind of like a lowbrow, whatever cheap question about Trump, that's like, oh, President Trump called you dopey Magoo. Like, what do you have to say about it? Finding a way to be like, you know, I don't want to talk about Trump. I want to talk about jazz, like whatever. Like finding that way that that politician thing that fucking politicians do where you ask them a question about one thing and they're like, that's not what I want to talk about. So I'm going to answer this. They need to do that with every shitty, stupid Trump question. Yeah. Obviously, there are going to be questions about things his administration have done, and if they're substantive, answer them. But if they're just like cheap shots to rile people up, talk about healthcare.
2: Yeah. Like Please. just
0: talk about healthcare, talk about student loan talk forgiveness. Talk about the environment. Bernie Sanders released a student loan forgiveness plan today that would cancel all student debt. Because Elizabeth Warren's was like a lot, it was, it was a 95%. lot of debt. It was 95%. It was 95%. But Bernie has gone the other 5%. <laughs> He's can- canceling all student loan debt. Uh-huh. And those are the debates I want to see yeah. on stage. I want to see people talk about that and talk about the difference between canceling 95% and 5%. Yeah. Like what is the fun? you know, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. I that's what I want to see.
2: They'll be on NBC and MSNBC and Telemundo. Um, Interestingly, uh, as of the latest polls of last week, Joe Biden is first still with 38 percent. This is according to uh, Sanders snap, which is, I guess, Bernie Sanders is polling. I don't know. Um,
0: (laughs) I guess Sanders snap. I I, I added the
2: snap. It's app Sanders app. But I like snap. I like
0: Sanders snap. Um, there's someone if anyone on the Sanders campaign is listening to us, you should you should create Sanders now.
2: Um behind him is Bernie Sanders with nineteen. Elizabeth Warren sneaking up in the polls. Eleven. Slowly but surely
0: slow and steady wins that race, my yeah, friend. Yeah, she is the tortoise. <laughs> in she this is. Analogy. I think
2: so. Um Kamala and Pete Buttigieg are behind with seven.
0: Pete had a bad moment this week. Yeah. Did th- you see? Yeah, there
2: was a shooting in his hometown. A police officer shot a black man.
0: Yes, there was like a fatal shooting I'm not sure if it's actually recent or if this has been something that's been um, a major story in South Bend for a while, Mm -hmm. but a group of black protesters confronted him and it was just like, it was a really bad visual. He's like, he's trying to answer their, they're coming at him pretty aggressively being like, why didn't you do anything about this? And he's literally reading off a sheet of paper and he also has a microphone, but they're like, just like 10 people. I'm like, why do you, (laughs) there's no reason for you to have a microphone. Everyone can hear you. I
2: feel like he was flying way too close to the sun yes. when he started getting all this attention, and he was truly unprepared. I don't know if they were expecting it to be such a huge thing. Like, he had that huge I'm town sure hall. I'm sure. I think it took him by and surprise, MSNBC. Probably. Well, I think that's also why we see people like Bill de Blasio entering the race, because they're like, oh, this motherfucker from Indi- or Indiana? South Bend, Indiana. South Bend, Indiana can run for president why can't I
0: I also think I do think that Pete Buttigieg has a really great message he's really inspiring to listen to he made people feel good and all of those things are valuable and I was really into him when he first hit the hit the stage because like um morally like emotionally like the things he was talking about were really registering with me and then it was like when it came down to brass tacks he wasn't putting forward policies and it's like okay but I, I get being blindsided by the meteoric rise to fame that he had. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about a couple months in. Yeah, He's at these CNN town halls yeah. and he doesn't have even one key, key cornerstone policy to no. talk about. Mm-hmm. And he has he gives some like weird answer where he's like, I just want people. I think people know where I stand on yeah. the issues. And it's like, that's cool. And I get it. But have one have like, yeah, one thing that's like. This is my big policy. Yeah. You know? I mean at this point people have many, but have
2: one. If I were him, I would hammer home the veteran yes. stuff. And because I really creates a juxtaposition between himself and the president but also maybe like you know start working with the va maybe that's your policy yeah
0: like maybe come up with yeah yeah, something like that you know when when kamala first launched her campaign she came out with like a teacher pay policy Mm -hmm. and was like this is what i'm gonna do obviously i mean we've talked ad nauseum about elizabeth warren has so many she came out with bernie has a ton Mm -hmm. as well but I'm down for someone this early in the race to have a key policy that they're promoting. And it's kind of like one that they've really spent a lot of time on in mm-hmm. their campaign. But to not have one to me is crazy.
2: He's always just like, yeah, I support that. I support that. And then that. it ends there. Or
0: like, I don't support that. Yeah. Or exactly. I think it kind of. And
2: like, I, I, like, I, like you said, I do like him. It's just interesting to see him compare. It'll be interesting to see him compare in comparison to all these other people with all yeah. these pl- plans and policies.
0: And to even t- to provide a counterpoint to something that I said about being blindsided by the meteoric rise, I get that, but you did run for president. Yeah. Like what was the end goal then if you're like, oh my God, I'm winning? It's like <laughs> like you have to have a plan for when that happens.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, like Like Elizabeth Warren, have a plan for that.
0: Have a plan.
2: What a great slogan that she's getting. I know. I know. I, I, I know. If I was Bernie Sanders was like
0: Again, slow and steady. Yeah. Slow and steady. um
2: It was just her birthday, too.
0: Oh, happy birthday, same, Liz.
2: Same birthday as Merle Street. <gasps> they both turned 70.
0: Oh, my God. Iconic birthday. I know, for real. Cancer's interesting. Mm. Wow. Okay. They should team up. Um, okay, so we're going to get into one more thing. But before we do, I just want to issue a trigger warning uh, for sexual assault. We put this story last. We put it as one more thing, not because we think it's like a throwaway story, but because we want to give you the opportunity. If that's not something you want to hear about right now, goodbye. You can end the episode. That's Mm -hmm. totally fine. Don't Mm -hmm. worry about it. (laughs) (laughs) For those of you who do want to stick around, author and famous advice columnist E. Jean Carroll publicly accused president Trump of sexual assault on Friday in an excerpt from her book, which was published in New York magazine. Um,
2: Yeah. So Carol says that Trump in the mid 1990s trapped her in the laundry department dressing room after asking her to try something on and forced himself on her. We actually have a clip of um, her talking about it, which we'll play right now. Yes.
1: I was wearing just a black uh, Donna Karen coat dress and tights and it was a work of a second to reach in under my um Donna Karen through my it opened in the front it through the Donna Karen dress and pulled down my tights that's when I that's when my brain went on that's when the adrenaline started and it became it became a a fight and it was it hurt and it was against my will and I don't know where I got the strength, because he was big. But I think I was stomping my foot. I have my handbag in this arm. I, I never put it down. I just, I'm just i holding I have no idea. The only reason I know I'm holding it is because when I got out in the street, I still had it in my hand. So somehow I got my knee up and pushed him back. And the minute he backed up, I was out the door.
0: Whew. I mean, that's terrible. Yeah. That's horrible. Um. Another detail from this that was like really moving and powerful she talked about in the beginning of the clip that donna karen dress she Mm -hmm. said that after this assault took place she just threw the dress in the back of the closet she never wore it again but she wore it on the cover of new york magazine Mm -hmm. again which i just like Ugh, even talking about it just like is so emotional um Um,
2: she was able to throw a little shade in her book she said he thrust his penis halfway or completely i'm not certain (laughs) which is kind of like a little shade a little shade
0: um she is one of 16 women who have accused the president of sexual misconduct. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's a lot.
2: Um, well, which also makes me think about, you know, because we've heard him talk about doing exactly this. Yes. You grab them by the pussy. Yes. And you just do whatever you want. Um, that's a actual quote. Yeah.
0: When you're famous, they let you do whatever um, you want.
2: It makes me wonder of all the women he's done this to who haven't wanted to have sex with him but felt the need that they had to because maybe they were in not a similar position as this woman who was already respected and famous and well known yeah um and even well, so she what didn't feel comfortable coming forward until now because she knew she'd be doubted and she knew she'd be threatened plus nothing happened to trump after all the other women came forward so it's very brave of her to do this now you know yeah so.
0: because i mean And it's sad, like, I hate to even say it, but I I was talking with a friend about this because both of us read the story and we were talking about how moving it was. And we were both just like, what sucks is that the most likely outcome of this is that nothing happens to him and she just gets death threats forever. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's just, it sucks. But, you know, even this story, I felt like had half a day of news, juice like it's yeah. crazy trump obviously denied it he said it should be her book should be in the fiction pages he said, whatever we had
2: never met in person in his life despite there being multiple pictures of them together on different occasions um he says the claims are false since there's no security camera evidence mind you this happened in the mid 90s
0: yeah. Um, and he you know, he accuses her of just trying to sell books and stuff like that. So obviously really disturbing stuff. It's hard to read this kind of stuff. Um, I, it's just difficult. I, I just think about how hard it is to be an an assault survivor in this administration at any given point when you don't know you don't know what like new triggering news you're gonna wake up to. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know, is it gonna be that, you know, someone passed an abortion ban that doesn't have a uh, rape exception and that's gonna trigger you because you're like, oh my God, what think about what's happened to me. Is it gonna be that another woman comes forward about the president? Is mm-hmm. it gonna be, you know, one of the many, many horrible stories and things everyone's had to hear? It's um, just horrible. And Car- if you're going through that, my heart does go out to you.
2: Carol um, said she was 52 at the time. And uh, ends her piece saying that after the assault, she never had sex again. And she is now 75. So he fucked her up. Yeah. Really badly. Um, yeah.
0: And he's, a, he's just a horrible person. He's a horrible person. He's just a horrible person.
2: Uh, I, uh, well, it's like there were. This is more credible than the allegations against Bill Clinton and Juanita Broderick and all that stuff. Like, I still think perhaps that may have, like, you know, I want tend to believe survivors. Yeah, I believe, um, Winita, I
0: think that Bill Clinton raped Juanita Broderick. Yeah, same. So,
2: yeah. maybe the Republicans... I this.
0: Yeah, I would say, like, you know, I, well, it's interesting no, that, you won't. know, Trump is the type of person who will bring Juanita Broderick to a debate, so he believes some women if they say something against his own political opponent, but another woman comes forward with Uh, The same evidence, you know, having... Winita Broderick had, like, a friend that she had told at the time. Uh, This author, she also had a friend that she told at the time. It's, like, very, very similar amounts of information and memory and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But are people going to believe both? Yeah. I believe both. Yeah, same. I don't fuck with Bill Clinton.
2: Um, It's almost like... You, people will believe you until you, which political party you put the assailant on. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's really sad. It's really sad to see that.
2: Because I wonder, you know, there was all these, there's all these things happening with Joe Biden about him like inappropriately touching women. Yes. And it dominated the news cycle for like a week and a half, two weeks. Yes. And about
0: like, I mean, Joe Biden's behavior was gross, but it's yeah. signifi- It's significantly lower on the yeah. level of horrible than this. I'm not and saying it wasn't gross. It was gross no, but. of course, yeah. I, I I know that's what you're saying. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify for my, uh, like, for my statement. Like, I don't think what I don't yeah. think Joe Biden being like creepy and weird is good, but it's definitely better than fucking yeah. this. But that's I'm saying that the
2: lasting power. I feel like if, yes. this, if this was happening to any other dem- 2020 contender, or you know, literally anyone. Literally anyone else in the public light.
0: If someone came out with a story about like this, this exact story about Joe Biden, Uh it would not have only been in the news for a day. No. And if they came out with this story about any, I feel like any 2020 candidate, if someone came out with this exact story about them, it would be in the news. It would ruin their campaign. They would be done. It would be in every day, but because it's Donald Trump.
2: And and we've become some desensitized, desensitized to him sexually assaulting women.
0: It's like, and because the people in his party don't hold him accountable. I think Mm -hmm. people in the Democratic Party would hold their leaders accountable to a certain degree. Not that we've always been uh, 100% on that, clearly, Mm because we've just been talking about Bill Clinton. But I think now (laughs) where the Democratic Party is, is like someone who had an allegation like this against them could never become the nominee or win whatever. But with him, it doesn't matter because he's not in a party that holds him accountable. And he has this weird... The, the public in general is desensitized to it because yeah. we don't even we don't hold him to a standard of that any ho- human person would be held to.
2: Yeah. It's bizarre. It is truly bizarre.
0: Okay, this was a depressing episode. Sorry uh, for that. <laughs> Sorry, guys, but we, we have to report the news as it comes out. Yeah. Uh, guys, until the end of Democracy, I'm Elise Morales. I'm Brian Russell Smith. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. Betches.